It's October 30th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Happy Halloween, everybody. Apostoli, happy Halloween. What what day is Halloween? <laughs> it's this weekend. I don't know oh, if it's nice. Saturday or Sunday. Is that actually happening? Or is well, it canceled? You can't take the Halloween out of Halloween just because of COVID. Trick or treat, I guess, is my question. Is canceled. that happening? Canceled. It is canceled, officially. Well, well, ours is canceled. I think it's... Some are probably still going on. So what do I have to say? Be safe out there. But that's well, okay. One of the reasons that they're doing it is because of the, you know, giving treats to kids and not knowing if it's, you know, properly handled and all that, right? I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah, yeah, and people, whatever. Anyways, what uh, you dressing up for Halloween and going for a run or what? Yes, of course. I do this every year. Don't you? <laughs> A lot of like the ones like one of my favorite runs is the discovery run, the lakefront discovery run. Like it's yes. so it's something like no one talks about a lot because it's really like a once a year thing and it's themed. But man, that's a uh, it's always fun to see everyone dressed up and it's always super cold. Right. And just the outfits you see, people are crazy. So I'll miss so that people, this year. So many people are missing that. So many people are sad about races not happening this year and. That's one of the favorites, too. I, I remember you did it a couple of times. I don't know if you dressed up as extravagantly as some people do, but... Um, no, I would that's like the to. That's fun of it. Even, even if watching people, like, I just... I've been hearing more and more people expressing how angry or sad they are about races not happening. And um, I mean, if I can foreshadow our guest today, we'll have a couple of things to say on that. Well, you don't have to I foreshadow. Hope. You don't have to foreshadow right here. We'll do it. We have a great show for you guys today. Apostoli is in California, and he sent me this video of like birds chirping and the sun shining, and I'm like looking outside, like, "Yep, haven't seen the sun in a week." So I'm I'm excited to hear about that. Also, I rolled my ankle. I've already said this. I haven't run. I, maybe I tried to run. We'll talk about that in a second. And then we have uh, an amazing guest today, Sean, um, who is the owner of Primetime Timing. He's a Milwaukee guy, but man, their events are all over the nation. I mean, they do so many. It's crazy. It's really cool. So I'm excited to uh, hear about him, hear about how like races aren't happening. So like what's going on in his world, um, kind of what the future of races look like. Like, are they coming back next year? Will they ever? Are they pivoting? Is virtual running a thing? I, I don't know. It's going to be a, a really good time. So I'm excited to get him on the line. But in the meantime, let's hear about this California run of yours. So I got I just got in last night and this morning I woke up I had a seven mile run to do uh, from the training plan and it's funny because I was reading the plan uh, from Matt Thal and this he had done it for June right back in June when we started this this is I'm still in that first month and he's he writes up he says oh you're gonna take advantage of this nice weather and when I was reading the plan a few days ago and for just trying to read forward and see what I was looking forward to it was saying, oh, this summer weather. And I said, ah, yeah, that's not going to match up because it's wintertime now in Wisconsin. And when I was reading it, it was Wisconsin weather. And then I get out here and then I said, wait a second, this is summer weather. I get out there and it was just beautiful. It was better than the summer weather that we had in Wisconsin. It's, it's 60 degrees, uh, 
as you said, like sun is shining, 60 degree weather. It's just perfect, perfect weather. Birds chirping, beautiful vegetation. It's just smells all over the place. Uh, it's just a different world. It's uh, uh, It sounded beautiful from the but, video you sent me. But even if you were here, Alex, would you actually be able to go for a run? Because last week we've been, we were talking about you being injured and how you got injured. So what's, what's happening? Are you, are you able to go and do a shakeup? Yeah, so I, I, I rolled my ankle a couple Fridays ago. I actually ran. I went out for a 1.5 mile, 1.25 mile run. Uh, why the distance, you ask? Because I wanted to do two miles. Uh, but <laughs> after I just got over a half mile, I was like, I, it's probably all right that I'm loosening up my ankle, but I probably should get back home. Um, it's, so it's funny. So, so I made it. Um, okay, I guess what Did I'm it getting hurt? at. It, it, it hurt, but like, and it, like a good hurt. I don't, I don't really know. I, I should probably see somebody. But um, I haven't run in, what did I just say, 10 days? Like, I feel so out of shape. I feel so out of shape. It's embarrassing, but it does feel really good to take this time off. I know it's not I'm taking time off for a good reason. I'm injured, but, you know, we always say, like, take your time off after a marathon or do this. And as a runner, we just, you know, keep running anyways. Uh, so it was good to just, it's kind of nice. Like, I don't I don't have to get out the door, though I, like, I miss it deeply. And it's like, oh, I want to run today, and I, I have that urge. Um I can't, so it's it's kind of nice to just take it in. So, yeah, there it is. Hopefully, didn't I can you get re- back. Didn't you replace it with some other activities? You were talking last episode that you've been trying to do one activity a day, whether it's mindfulness or like abs. Yeah, the Peloton, the Peloton, the Peloton, one a day, the Peloton one a day movement that I started. Yeah, I uh, I really just gave up on that. I, once I'm healthy again. I don't know. That's just excuses. I'm sorry, guys. I need to get back in it. I have been doing mindfulness, just not with the Peloton app. So I should use the Peloton app so I can track myself a little bit. But um, I love my Peloton app. That's such a winning combo, by the way, running and mindfulness. They kind of go into each other. They they intermingle. Like you start applying mindfulness to running. And then if you've been running your mind is such at a it's a lot more capable to go into a meditative state more easily when you do sit down to do a mindfulness so those two activities together i think are yeah the bomb i it is the, the bomb. bomb and i actually don't think we talk about it i almost feel like i overlook it a lot of the times in this podcast or even in my daily life because it's just like to me they're so connected like you said and I like, I think part of the reason why I want to go out is a, I have a couple podcasts I want to listen to, but also like just to get my mind clear and just to like have that time to like, you know, re-energize and, you know, kind of gather myself. And I, I miss that part, but yeah, man, running so fun. And, and, and it always gets brought up, I feel like in conversations with our guests and that kind of reminds me of it. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's great. And I love it. Speaking of that, by the way, um, if you listen to the podcast, people probably know that I've been saying never run with anything on my ears. I'm all about, you know, be in touch with your with yourself. Today I actually took my you took my, my headphones with me. You took, I my, took my advice. Headphones. 
I, I took your advice. I have mixed feelings about it. I started with it and then I realized that I wasn't, I, I was listening to a audiobook. I was listening to Onward by the Starbucks CEO and founder, uh, ex-CEO. But I found myself listening and then I would drift off and my mind would not be paying any attention at all. And then I took my headphones off, completely held them in my hand. And then I, towards the end, so what I've noticed, one thing I, I don't know if you go through that stage, like when I go for a long run, the beginning of it is my negative voice, my voice that, the voice in me that is telling me like, what are you doing out here? You suck, this is not, you're not doing so well. Why are you breathing this way? Why are you running this way? You should be at work, you're worthless. It's that bad voice. So I'm like, shut up, shut up. And it takes me usually about three miles to get past that. And once I do, it's like, boom, that's my runner's high after, it could be five miles. But once I go past that is when, once I did go past it today, I put my headphones back on and I listened to the audiobook, And that's when I was in tune with it. I was running the best. I was running the fastest. Have you noticed that? Like, do you, do you get that? like initial threshold or is that me because I have, I haven't been running much lately and I'm getting back into it now. That's a good question. I, for me on long runs, knowing, you know, it's 10 or more miles, let's say it's about three miles to like get those. I have you every, I feel like everyone has those negative thoughts of like, why are your legs so heavy? You should have stretched before. Why are you out here? You're wearing the wrong clothes. Go back inside. No one wants you out here. Um, on shorter runs, it's about a mile, but yeah, once you, uh, kind of shake that out and you're, you're, you're running, um, I don't, I can't do books on tape because for me, I like, I feel like I need to consume every word of it to get it. Mm-hmm. But like, so that's why I like podcasts are great. Cause like usually they're talking about something that you can kind of relate to yourself and then like float off into your own, your own imagination, which I find myself doing a lot and then coming in and out of the podcast. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. It takes, it takes, it takes you a while to kind of get your mind in the right mindset. So, so the fact that they're not so edited, heavily edited as, as a piece of work that makes you feel like uh, maybe if I miss something, it who, so, so you're saying that maybe somebody out there right now is listening to this podcast while running and not giving a damn about what we're saying and ignoring a lot of things. That's why, that's why we talk in the beginning. So people can warm up on their run and (laughs) So, and then we talk about three miles, right? Yep. And, and then when the guests come on, they're in the good state of like, all right, give me the meat of this podcast. I want to hear it. So we're doing it for you guys. That's why we're doing it. Uh, Speaking of that, so how far have you run now? Are you ready for our next guest? Because we're excited. Yeah, it's time. Let's bring on our guest. Uh, I'm super excited to get into our conversation with Sean. Um, Is he there? Is he coming? Yeah, let's, right, uh, let's, let's, uh, should I meet, let's, I'll meet you on the other side. Today we are joined by Sean Gavigan. He's the owner of Primetime Timing, PT Timing. We're going to throw a couple different names out there, but it's all the same great company. Uh, PT Timing is one of the largest track and field timing companies in the U.S. Sean and his team do events like the WIA Championships right here in Wisconsin, all the way to the Drake Relays, the SEC Championships, and more. Sean, welcome to the Cream City Pacers. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, this is, I'm glad 
we could you could come on the show. So our mutual friend Trey over at Performance Running Outfitters connected us, and uh, just goes to show the Milwaukee running community everyone knows somebody. So thanks Trey for hooking us up with uh, with Sean. So we uh, we were just geeking out over some of the events that like you do, and it, it's pretty cool. Uh, like I haven't heard a lot about you before, so shame on me. But you do some like super cool events all across the nation. So what are some of your favorites, or maybe your biggest events that you guys handle? Uh, you know, I like the big track meets are probably what hit home the most for me. So, uh, you know, the NCAA championships when we've done those in the past, the SEC championships. Uh, the Big Ten, I'm, I'm a little bit partial to being from Wisconsin, being a Badger fan, uh, doing those for the first time was always was kind of pretty surreal. Uh, yeah, those are probably the ones I default back to most. I've done a lot of incredible events. Uh, I'd be remiss not to mention the American Berkebiner right here in Wisconsin. I guess that's kind of my sweetheart event. That's my my, my personal favorite of all. That's super cool. I didn't realize you guys did that. So have you been doing the, the Berkey for a while? I believe I started getting involved in a very minor role, probably around 2007, if I'm not mistaken, nice. and then so you, progressed from there. You guys have such a wide range of even events that you do. So, I mean, like we're talking, we're talking running here, but like the Berkey I saw like on your site, like gymnastics even. So you guys do a ton of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, specifically with the Berkey, they, you know, they've got their big trail run, which has kind of grown and. Uh, it serves as at least the last few years as I think the trail US, uh, USATF trail half marathon championships. So they've really embraced uh, just kind of the overall endurance lifestyle up there. So they've got, yeah, they've, they definitely bridged that gap between just skiing and then into, into the running world too. So. so Sean, again, thank you for myself too, for, for being on the show, making the time today. Um, you know, I want to take you back a little bit. Let's say the year is 2003. Okay. Uh, you're just starting to do this as a hobby. And somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I'm from the future. And in just a few years, you're going to be doing 500, 500 events a year. And then uh, somebody comes to you back in 2019 and says, hey, next year, you're not going to be doing almost any events. Uh, would you have believed any of those two people? And how has, it, how has that been? Can you uh, walk us through that, both of those roller coasters? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, it's funny because I think back and uh, it's kind of an apt time being that we're of the week of the WI championships for cross country. When we first started, I think that was kind of the event that we looked at as kind of the pinnacle where we wanted to get to. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we did the you know, state cross country meet? Um, at the time I was, you know, 2022 or 23 and still in college, this just kind of, some of this fell into my lap and I had no idea where it would be I'm, to say I was in the right place at the right time would, you know, and I just had good timing in that respect is kind of more punished than anything else, but it's very true. And as far as jumping forward to the 2019 version, I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that one I just wouldn't have believed. I mean, I had a, you know, kind of an, it's, it was a joke for a very long time when, you know, people would talk about the economy and things like that and how it affects different, you know, people's jobs in general. And I've always said, well, the good thing about working in sports is, you know, things are going to have to get really bad for it to really 
trickle down to, to getting involved in the things that I'm doing just because sports has kind of always been a constant in my lifetime and, and, and the life of most people that are alive. I mean, it's, it's such a prominent fixture in life that I could have never imagined a situation that would have impacted it the way that 2020 has. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Cause one thing, like when you start shutting down sports, it's like sports is always on sports is always on TV. What, no matter what it is, football track cross uh, motocross, like there is something and it just all went away. Like once that like went away, it was like, we don't have any sports. I feel like it started to sink in for me then. Um, but I know a lot of people, it's just like that totally evaporated from your life. And when you guys like live and breathe it and your business is literally uh, that way, I think that's crazy. So you had, you did an interview earlier this year, like, and you, I'm kind of quoting you here, but you said on March 12th, our industry evaporated. Usually this time we're doing about 200 high school, uh, you know, track meets and working with different high schools, pretty much, you know, all that's gone. Even the five K's, they're all canceled. Like everything's virtual. I think that's that's crazy. So take us back to kind of like, you know, scaling up the business. You said like the WIA was your big, was like your dream goal. Does that stuff kind of like, did you start getting into it and then you're doing one event and then you're like, oh, someone else needs someone to time. I mean, it just seems crazy that you're like, you're so versed across the country. Kind of how did those all come to fruition? Is that like a little bit of luck or did you guys just start dominating that that space and it really there was no one dominating in the past? I would give a lot of credit to the luck. Um, so it started when, I, like I said, I was still a student. I was running at the UW, at UW-Eau Claire. Uh, it kind of originally started when I, my freshman year, and that was, you know, probably the, the spring semester of uh, 2000. I was injured and wasn't running the indoor season. My coach is like, hey, I need, you're not running. I need you to help, you know, with the timing of the meet. And I was like, cool. I guess I've held stopwatches and stuff at in high school <laughs> at high school meets when like we had JV meets. I'd I'd, I'd hold the stopwatch and you know he busted out this pyro bright flash like FAT track timing system and he's like, yeah, it works with the VCR and you do this. And I was like, this seems terrible. But I was, you know, that was my job and I didn't think too much of it, especially at that time. And, you know, and then because I had done it once, anytime I was, we had a meet, uh, somewhere in that first couple of years, we started, uh, hosting high school meets as a fundraiser for the program. And I think Mm -hmm. at that time I was, my job was my work study job on campus was my coach's like assistant. So I began dealing with these high school meets, mostly on the entry side, I would, you know, and it was a situation where UW-Eau Claire would kind of physically host the meet, but Eau Claire North would be the, the meet host. So at that time, school, you know, if you're Fall Creek and you were coming to this meet to run, you were faxing your entries to Eau Claire North. Eau Claire North would then turn around and fax them to UW-Eau Claire, get printed out, set on my desk, and I had to try to decipher these you know, twice faxed chicken scratch of a, from a coach and enter him into this old uh, high-tech DOS database system. And it was not fun. I didn't enjoy it. I did not like, I mean, I've always been a pretty, you know, good with computers my whole life, but this was not a fun thing. And, you know, my coach said something to one day. He's like, yeah, you know, I, you know, some of the bigger meets, you know, they, they, people just go on a website and enter all this stuff. And I was like, that can't be that hard, right? Like, you know, Microsoft front page is a thing. I can figure this out. So, I mean, and 
I also joke about the fact that it was pretty much what killed my actual running career is I kind of started locking myself in my room every night and just hacking away and looking, you know, this is 2000, this point is probably 2002, 2003 and, you know, finding code snippets and, you know, how do I interact with a database and, you know, reading this and I hacked together this ugly but functional online entry system that the coaches could log in every time, you know, a coach could come use it three times. They'd have to create a new account each time, do their <laughs> entries. And, but Hey, at the end of the day, I could just download it and have all the data, right. I didn't have to worry about misspellings and it was cool. I was like, okay, I, I can do this. And so that's really where we started. It wasn't even timing. It was entries. Um, and it was one of those things. And it's kind of been the, the trend is well in track, my potential clients are already coming to the meet. So everyone who saw it was like, well, this is easier. Like, can you do this for our meet? Can you do this for our meet? So I started doing online entries for a handful of clients right around the Eau Claire area, you know, Mondovi, Medford. Um, and I was like, cool. And at the time, you know, I was 22, 23. I think I made in one season like 500 bucks. And I thought I was like, God, I had so much money. I mean, for a college kid, that was great. And then the, the the timing kind of followed it, you know, during those hosting those high school track meets, we bought a finish link system and my coach threw it on my, on my lap and he's like, here, learn this. So, <laughs> you know, I enlisted my roommates who were also on the team's help and we, you know, would sit in our living room and try to figure it out. And, uh, it kind of grew from there. And then we started, you know, the same thing. We, oh, Eau Claire North is going to have us come use the system at their meet. Well, that meet might've had 10 teams and another team jumps in and, you know, Hey, Hey, what's it going to take? Could, could you come do this at army? This is way faster. So we started to get into a little bit of that. And then my coach kind of jumped back in, uh, who at the time was Scott Stern, Sternagel. Uh, he's like, you know, we're hosting a regional meet next fall for cross country. And I'm paying like $3,000 to this timing group out in the twin cities. Maybe we should just like start a timing company and like, try to like buy some equipment and do this because, you know, that seems like a lot of money to be paying for, for something. And I was like, okay, sure. Cool. I mean, sounds good to me. I've got nothing else to do. I'm in, I'm in school. And so that's really where it started. So yeah, it was, it kind of grew from there. And I, I mean, I can't remember all the random jumps we took here and there, but at the time, FAT was pretty normal in college. It was very, very rare in high school. I mean, and it was something where we would come in. I know UW Oshkosh at that time, their high school meets that they would host were huge. And even as I ran them in them as a, as a uh, athlete myself, they might go to like 11 or 12 at night. The first year we came in, we were done at 10 and people were like, oh my God, what did you change? Well, we we're not hand timing anymore. We use this timing company, which was a weird thing at the time in, in general and hired them. And, you know, it just went faster. So from that, I mean, I can remember the, one of our first few events, you know, Seymour high school reached out, the AD was there, came over, was like, how do I get you for our, for our meets? And really that's kind of how it spiraled up from there. Sorry, wow. very long-winded question, or answered your question. No, that was amazing. It's so 
crazy like word of mouth you're literally all your potential new clients are at the place where you're working at it's like a it's like an entrepreneur's dream you're just like yeah you you're there for one team that's hosting and there's all these other teams that are like what like you literally we're out of here at like 10 p.m that's that's efficiency and that's what people wanted it's crazy to even think that that was a world back then with what it is now i mean you run a marathon now and if i can't find someone's stats online like that minute they cross the finish line it's like what's going on where where's the time where's the time so what a different world um 2003 was not that far far away but no technology's come a long way yes it has and, and, and I know you guys obviously like timing, we're talking timing, but you guys do a lot more. Like you have the video boards at the finish lines. Like you guys bring a lot to the table too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's something where I guess the underlying issue and kind of goal, and it's kind of been from day one is to find ways to bring like cool technology down to even the basic, most basic of events. I mean, you know, at the time when we first started, it was, you know, FAT to a high school meet. And now it might be, you know, live, you know, lately it's been live streaming, you know, a high school meet with, with four different cameras, just an average, you know, we were doing it this past last weekend for some of the sectionals and just trying to do it in a way that's efficient from a budget standpoint and, but still kind of deliver a, a, uh, a good product that people, people want that people typically haven't been able to get without, you know, unless someone was a school was going to invest a lot of money into that effort. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a good transition to like, I want to talk future of these events, but I want to take a step back before we go there. What were some of the cooler things that you guys were able to bring, you know, over the last 10 years that kind of brought a new, like outside of the timing that brought like a new ooh and ah to the sport? Uh, I would say a lot of what we've done with our live results uh we've got a pretty amazing team there's two guys that really are that uh we work with that have made it all possible uh cody branch who i originally met i think in around 2009 we were both he was working for another timing company at the time we were at a conference out in boston uh where we both spoke at and we just kind of hit it off and became friends and through a you know he was he's been a big innovator uh in the sport he's you know, was a track timer, came in from a kind of a different angle. He got involved and right away he got involved with the very, very high level events. He started working with a company that was timing the U S championships. So where I started more middle, middle school and high school track meets, he was, you know, some of his first events were, you know, I think at, at eight, 18, he was the head timer of the, Olymp- the Olympic trials. So he, Whoa. he came in, but he's, he's got an incredible mind and he's a very self-taught programmer. So you know, what we really shared was this kind of desire to, ham, you know, find cool, do things cool. Um, you know, we, we've, we merged, you know, he came and worked for started working for me full-time in 2015. Uh, we were kind of worked on projects together up to up leading up to that point. Uh, but we've had this kind of common goal of just doing cooler, newer things. What, you know, how can we push the envelope? What, what can we do? We both, um, you know, to the detriment of many people in our family, reinvest way too much money into new technology. Uh, but it's, you know, our live results. He was the pioneer. And then, you know, this predates his, his work with primetime in live field events to track me at field events where, you know, he, he was starting to do live to the web updates as each, each attempt happened in a shot put or, you know, in a pole vault. 
Um, so that's, you know, the live results and just the interaction, uh, how it gets shown on the scoreboard, what we show on a scoreboard to keep, you know, the fan engagement and people understanding what's going on in real and more of a real time setting. Uh, and then that's kind of led into the scoreboards, led into, you know, video boards and it's, yeah, some of the streaming, it's, it's camera work. It's, you know, having a picture in picture of a high school sectional, what, you know, you can see the leader, you can see everyone crossing the mile at the same time, you, individual res results and team scores are scrolling in one part of the, of the screen and the running times in another. So it's kind of, that's where we've been, that's where we're at lately. And, and Sean, I, I, I truly appreciate what you're talking about with, with the effort that you have to put in to figure things out many times from scratch, like maybe reinventing the wheel to make it your own, right? From what it sounds like you going into the code and looking at snippets of code. And uh, that's something that we're doing right now with Alex all the time, constantly trying to figure out this whole podcasting thing and, and also in many other aspects of our life. So uh, how are you applying that now and in the future? What are the things that you're looking forward to technology wise things that like new features that you'd like to implement and also uh, as a side question maybe a parallel question if this thing with the you know people say that you know, the pandemic uh, could introduce a new normal and this can continue for many years uh, what would that look like if you're able to share obviously maybe there's a lot of uh, you know uh, things that you wouldn't like to share for competition purposes, but if there's anything that you could tell us about, we'd love to hear about it. Um, well, you know, the one, so it's kind of, I think I have, I have a, a very apt and, and fitting answer to what you're asking. One thing that we've been working on that's kind of the latest thing that we've been dealing with is when, I mean, most people have seen an NFL game lately or even an MLB game and they've got like, you know, the Amazon next gen stats you know, the athletes all have some sort of tag, tags on now. You know, you can track their speed in real time. Uh, we basically have started doing that with track and field at the highest levels. Um, right before the shutdown at the Big 12 Indoor Championships down in uh, Iowa State, we had our system up and running. Uh, each athlete had a tag on their bib. Uh, we were able to give live splits between hurdles for the hurdlers Um exactly how far into the race everybody was how we know in real time how far back um second place is from the leader or you know and the relation to any any two uh real-time speed uh and we've only just begun gun to tap into all the data that we have in the tags that we in the system that we that we have but um it was a product that we acquired but it was meant to be very basic with the idea here's a lot of data you figure out how to how to how to deal with it how to handle it and what to do with it so uh you know going you know before right before the shutdown that's kind of you know we had our team just hammering away and cody who i mentioned earlier we work with uh, another guy who runs his own kind of independent firm out of philadelphia called karma rush uh he was you know those two have been working because we you know getting a lot of this information, you know, into a broadcast scenario, uh, which is what we were able to do for the Big 12 and and show this in real time when you're watching. It's one thing, to, you know, if anyone who's ever watched a track meet on TV knows that, like, watching the 5K is not the most exciting event to watch. But, you know, when you can kind of get live instantaneous splits and know exactly, you know, start to see someone moving up because they're, you know, you're seeing that they're, you know, they were, you know, eight meters back, now they're three meters back. 
Um, it's kind of really exciting and kind of a, another aspect that really helped push fan engagement. Uh, so when the shutdown happened, uh, you know, obviously everything went away. We had a long period of time off, which uh, I'm probably a bigger optimist than most. I, I found a lot of benefit and, you know, there's part of part of me that probably needed some some downtime from the schedule I'd been keeping the last couple of years. Uh, but I started to really reevaluate things. And, you know, right now there's still a lot of uncertainty. You know, we were we've been very fortunate to have some sort of semblance of a cross country season that happened. But even that was a shell of what we've usually dealt with. And we don't really know, I mean, what our next season would be indoor track and indoor sports are the biggest that we don't know. Um, so I actually made a decision to go back to school uh, at, towards the end of the summer. So I have been going through a software development boot camp and with the idea that I don't really, I've got to have a plan. Um all my skill set, if, if I'm honest with myself, most of it applies to live events, and I can't really count that on those happening anytime soon. We don't know how long this new normal might, might happen. So I've been going back to school for software development, and I kind of look at it in a case where, best case scenario, I can start to actually get involved in that aspect of some of the development with some of the technologies, and, and instead of just being like, hey, wouldn't this be cool if we could do this? And then waiting for them to be like, mm, uh, maybe or maybe not. I can actually kind of get a little, get my hands dirty myself. But at the same time, if things continue, I might have to, and I have to reevaluate my career choices. I have some, uh, some, some options. So it's, it's been a, you know, I'm going through this program actually through a, comp a group spaced out of Milwaukee and uh, it's, it's been a, a great experience, but it's, it's something I've had to really embrace the open, the potential for change. Uh, wow, thank, thank you for sharing that with us because uh, for the past few episodes with Alex, we've been, even in, on a personal level too, like off, off mic, we've been talking a lot about failure and just out of luck, the past few episodes have been about the general mental toll of 2020. So thank you for, thank you for sharing that because uh, how was that? How how you know, how easy was it to make that decision? Like, because I, I admire that extremely. You know, obviously you, you've been around for a while. You're not, you know, in your twenties, I don't think you're in your twenties, right? To, uh, so the decision to go back to school, you know, you kind of made it sound like, um, like a backup plan, maybe like, you know, that, maybe failing like everything else is failing so you're doing but i see it as a big like as a big success that you're able to make that decision but can you walk us through that like period of time where you made that decision came up with that plan yeah i mean you know go early on like i said early on in, in quarantine you know i i felt i was pretty confident i i thought for sure Come September 1st, the worst would be behind us. We'd kind of ramp back up with school. Cross country would kind of go back to where it was. And I thought we, I, you know, I'm sure many of us did, thought it, we'd, never, we'd never still be dealing with this in September. And, you know, and July, August kind of started creeping in. And we're like, we didn't know if there was going to be a season. And, 
you know, looking at what we were, could do. I mean, we were lucky that we did a virtual event that, you know, helped pay some bills over the summer and help keep, keep, you know, my staff paid. But as we, you know, it just started to wear on me. Um, like I said, it was nice to have some time off originally. And then it kind of sticks in. I was like, all right, if this does, if this gets worse, like now what? And I started talking to friends. I'm like, okay, like, let's be honest. How am I going to evaluate the skill set that I've developed over the last 20 years? I'm like, I know there's certain things I'm good at, but I have a hard time finding obvious, you know, connections to things that don't fall back into that live events world. And so it it, it became uh, like, well, what, what can I do? I mean, and, you know, this is something that I've always wanted to do. I There's many times over the last probably 10 years while we started getting crazy busy that I wish I had the time to do something like this. So it was a pretty easy decision because it was something I was, ex- I was excited about having the opportunity to do. But yeah, I mean, I would be lying if I said the, the, the possibility of having to, to turn to this full time doesn't scare me on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and thanks for bringing this up. I mean, this is a very personal thing, and but I think a lot of people can relate to it, whether it's their own business. I mean, Apostoli has his own business, or whether it's your your own career path or job. I mean, people are for furlough. Like who, you know, who knows what industries are going to be up and down in, in the next, I mean, over the summer, but in the next few years. So I think you looking at this of like, hey, this is a good thing, and like, if PT keeps going, like I'm going to have this skill set, but I'm also setting myself up, you know, for a different route in life because that's what it, it may come to. And I think, I think that's, that's, that's really cool. And I, I, do, I don't want to like overlook this, but the technology you guys were talking about that you had and you're developing is, is really cool. And I think that the, it plays big in live sports, but I just think the way you're going you know, that can translate into other things in sports, especially the future. Like, we don't really know what things will look like. You saw what the London Marathon was. Like, is that is that kind of it for things in the future? Because it, it, it worked. It I probably mean, sucked trying to figure it out and, like, getting everyone – keeping everyone healthy. But, I mean, it, it happened. Yeah. I mean, we – this summer, we, you know, kind of had a, a, a real-life taste of that. Uh, we timed a, a distance – couple distance track meets that you know the the new norm this year and what should have been an olympic year was we found ourselves you know i drove down to indian you know just outside indianapolis one night one night and we used the the tracking system to do a couple time trials with emma coburn's uh training group team boss and yeah we set up you know the the time the timing system and the tracking system and actually we didn't even do the timing they used a local timer we were just there to test the tracking system but the beauty of the tracking system is it integrates with automated cameras so we can set up you know five six cameras that are uh, automated to follow the athletes around the track so we were able to do you know with two people of from our staff there have a four camera setup and you know kind of do a, a webcast with you know what would you know something that you could never really do in 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 the past where you would need to actually you know unless you're going to have some just one person sitting up with a camcorder in the stands so we did that and then translated we did a couple more times the uh music city distance classic we, we you know we did some work with them and then the ed murphy classic in memphis uh things went pretty well there with the same thing we did all all the timing and the uh the full uh video production with i think we had eight cameras and three staff wow. members. Wow. I mean, that's, that's 
that's good then for what your capabilities are. Question on like, what have these meets been like? Like are, is everyone getting tested before? Is everyone just socially distant? Is there, I, I don't know, like how is that being like on the ground at these events? Uh, you definitely see that some events take it more seriously than others. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, tomorrow I leave for Kansas for the Big 12 Cross Country Championships. And before I can step on the course on Thursday to start setting up, I've got a COVID test on site uh, on campus. So, uh, you know, that's been kind of a norm. I've had more than a couple COVID tests just, you know, mm-hmm. and pre- preventative reasons going into this very socially distant um for me it, it probably has been kind of a dream because i'm a pre- i get a lot of social anxiety so if i can lock myself in a room and not necessarily have to talk to anybody i'm probably in heaven and nice. so i don't mind it but yeah nice. i mean everyone you know staying away you know just it in some ways it's kind of sad especially with the high school events um you know being from wisconsin and you know the if one of the small benefits is because I have, we haven't been doing all the crazy big events we normally do. I've done a lot of high school cross country events in the area, and I've actually got to see people that I haven't really seen as much in the last few years, and that's kind of great. But at the same time, you don't really get to get close and talk to them and hang out like like we would otherwise. So the you know kind of the fellowship and the bonding that you get as part of the running community is kind of it, you know it's diminished a little bit because of having all the social distance. Yeah, I my friend coached at a school here in Milwaukee, and they were at state track like last year. Um, and he was just telling me all about it, like being a coach and how everyone's like they go out at night and all these things. And I'm like, man, the bonds you make with with just other coaches throughout the entire state is like super cool. And I assume that goes for the same for the oh, same yeah. as you. So going for- into like, do you follow high school sports at all? Like, do you have any insights going into this weekend's WIA championship? Uh I do a little bit as much as I can. I mean, I've been paying attention. I mean, it's it. I, I know that there's a lot of frustration with a lot of the coaches because of the way things had to be. Uh, it's 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 going to be a weird state beat. I mean, the fact that it's broken into three different locations, and you know, the athletes aren't really even racing. Each each gender at each division has three separate races. Uh, I mean, it's going to look and feel different. So they spread it out over three locations and then different heats within those locations? Yeah. So you, if you win, you don't really know if you win? You, the people who run at the first, and I, I honestly have not seen the final schedule of what time and who's in what heats, uh, but if, yeah, you could run at, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning and not know until 5 o'clock how things shake out and have really Ooh. no, so. Well, I'm excited been, to follow, follow that. Yeah, and the frustrating part from me, from for me is that we can't do anything to to really help from a technology standpoint because we are supposed to keep the results under wraps, you know, not to give any advantage to the later sessions. So things that we would normally get excited about doing for a state meet, you know, live split points, live results, t- you know, scoreboard, all that stuff is kind of gets put back in the shelf because can't can't really use any of it. So. It's, take you back to 2002 and have everyone just submit yours by fax machine to you. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, they might as well. <laughs> so it's it, it'll be weird uh, okay. for sure. Nice. Yeah, that is that is weird. I'll be I'll be interested to follow it. I don't like follow it a ton, but I have a lot of uh, friends on Facebook who are coaches, so they just post a ton of photos. So I'll, oh, yeah. uh, I'm sure I'll get an update there. But so here's a crazy idea. I don't want to give you ideas because you probably get them all the time. But. But, 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 but 
these flying drones that track you are like becoming mm-hmm. a thing now. Like the, they're in the consumer market. You can buy them. Is that a part of track across country in the future? Because like, you know, you have the carts and you have all that, but were you going to have drones in the air following people? I mean, we've done drone footage for some of the, you know, uh, we haven't done until this year. We hadn't done a ton of streaming ourselves. Um, no, most notably because most, if we're at a cross country meet access to fast enough internet to get the stream out has always been hard. But, uh, the last few years, you know, Nike cross country regionals, a big high high school championship that they run. We've been involved in their event in South Dakota, uh, since it started. And we've been doing, yeah, drone live drone footage of the, of the course mixed in with some other cameras. Uh, the, the personal drones, I mean, but it's like, a, will will you have them? On, like, would you think someday the races like you'll have drones tracking the top five people, like that are running the course? I don't think we're very far off from that. I mean, especially with some of these very small. I know uh, was Ooh. it the Hanson Project had their attempt at doing some things, and um, it wouldn't be that hard right now. I mean, we we have a. I, I I'd be lying if I said we didn't have a plan and the equipment to do it. If if if. We're, given the chance and someone had the money to pay for it, basically. Right. Uh, I mean, I'll the, be the a big... small investor if I can right. fly one or be a part of it. I'll be a small uh, if you investor. Want, if you want to fly this. the drone, be my guest. Cause that's the part <laughs> I dislike the most. Uh, yeah. First drone I ever had made it about 10 minutes before it crashed into the wall at Hayward field. <laughs> and then it starts crashing onto the actual racers. Then you're, yeah. Then... Yeah. So, I mean, that that would be the biggest, that's honestly is all the FAA uh, regulations as Mm -hmm. far as drone, flying drones. That's the biggest inhibitant or inhibitor to uh, making, making that happen is just getting, getting through all those and being able to fly and not be directly over the participants and, you know, Mm -hmm. or directly over spectators. So in these cases where we don't have any spectators, it, it makes some of those things much more feasible. And we're trying to have fun, FAA. I get it. I get it. But we just want to have fun. Oh, Come on. It's all fun and games until someone gets hit with a drone, I guess. <laughs> that, that'll be very true. We'll see that in Runner's World in like 2023 when that happens. As long as PT Timing's name isn't next to it. Yeah. It wasn't us. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that's great. Sean, this was, this was a great interview. I, we had a blast talking to you. Do you have anything else before we jump into our Cream City Pacers rapid fire questions? Uh, no, but yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. This has been great. This is fun. Okay. So these are fun questions. So let's start off with our first one. Drum roll, please. Boom, 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 boom. What is your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? Probably down, you know, it's gotta be the, the most common answer, but down by the, down by the lake. I mean, I lived in Walker's point for most of my adult life where I've lived here in Milwaukee and it was so easy to out, get out my door, run down by, you know, up along the Summerfest grounds, up around the lagoon and, and kind of just kind of hang out through there. I mean, that's, that would be my, if I, if I had to place to go, that's probably where I'm going. Nice. Yeah. That's a good answer. A lot of people, is there like a specific area that you really like or a specific landmark that you really like? Um, on the lake I'm, itself? I'm, I'm really partial to more of the, actually, Walker's Point, Fifth Ward, but that's, yeah, mm-hmm. I was very, very partial to that neighborhood living there because I kind of moved in right at the start of its transformation. And it's been really cool to see everything that's that's happened uh, in that neighborhood. 
Yeah, that that's it's just crazy to think what Walker's Point, even the third ward, was like 15 years ago. Is not what it is today. So super cool. Okay, not if at you all. Could, not at all. Okay, if you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be? They can be they can be dead um, or alive. We will throw that in there for you if that helps. I mean, then at th- that point, how do I not say pre? I mean, oh, it's, it's got it. I like that. Uh, I I'll be honest. I don't think anyone said that answer yet. Nobody. Soli, are you fact checking this? Nobody. Yeah. No. Nobody has answered that. Nope. Yeah, I mean that's that would have to be the one if I could run with that one person. That would that's who it would probably that's definitely who it would be. All right, I like it. Okay, what is your favorite pre-race pump-up song? Uh, let me think about this one. I got to go back to what was on my college uh, pre-race mix. Are you like uh, a rock, metal, rap, country? I am a little bit of everything. It might Ooh. actually be some Kanye West, actually. I, I think probably that some some aspect of Kanye West probably makes it into every pre, like pre-race or if I'm going for a run and I need something it's yeah it's there's there's definitely some Kanye in there Kanye. Any specific songs that come to come to mind uh monster would be one uh hmm. was it uh amazing is another one Mm. So there's, yeah, I think I, my answer for the longest time was if, what my what, uh, walk-up song would be if, if I was a professional base pl- baseball player. It was always uh, amazing. Amazing. So that's the answer. By the way, Alex is a huge fan of, not huge, I don't know if he's a huge fan, but he's I, he's definitely fascinated by Kanye West. And uh, he's, <laughs> he yeah. talks about it. I don't know if you listened to his most recent uh, podcast interview with, uh, Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. That's a big one right now. Alex is listening to it, so it's a spin. We'll zone. have to talk about it at some point. It's okay. a spin zone. Kanye as a singer, as a rapper, I love it. He's just he has so many ideas. He's so creative. The Joe Rogan, the, his Joe Rogan podcast, like it's it was pretty good. It was pretty good. All I his thoughts were streamlined. All his thoughts were streamlined for three hours, which you usually only get like Twitter Kanye, which is like this and this and this, and you're like, dude, what? Yeah. But like. Him stringing it together, you're like, oh, okay, I understand now. So <laughs> there's a plug for Joe Rogan. We'll get our sponsorship dollars for that soon. <laughs> okay. There you go. And what we do with, the, with the, your favorite pre-race pump-up song is Apostoli spends grueling nights uh, remaking that song with our, with our intro music, so he'll, you'll have to listen to that. Um, All right. And if you listen to the episode and you've got to this point, it's Amazing by Kanye West. All right. Okay. Uh, Last question. What is one piece of advice you want to pass along to new runners? It gets easier. It gets easier getting when it gets harder, it gets easier. Um, and it's the, you'll get far more out of it than you would ever need to put into it. Uh, both physical, you know, just because beyond the physical, there's so much more that come that comes back with it. I mean, I'm sure this is a, you know, the, the amount of just clearing your mind that can happen. I mean, the, 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 the physical is great, but the, the mental re- relaxation, the mental uh, relief that running can provide is so valuable. I bet that was very helpful for you this summer. It was. I like the, your, it, it, 
when it gets harder, it gets easier. Like for some reason that really clicks with me and I like that statement. So I will, we can end on that note because that's some great advice. Sean, where can me, more people find out about PT timing and uh, PT timing.com. Uh, that's probably the easiest way. It's, I mean, that's their biggest presence on the web. And you guys are on Facebook too. So go ahead. That we are, but we are admittedly horrible at our social media presence. All right. So go follow (laughs) PT Timing, but don't expect great social presence. Actually, it's cool. You guys have a lot of, like, if you guys are, like, wondering about some of their setups we're talking about, you guys do a good job. I mean, there's some great photos on here, so you can see some of the stuff that they do. So it's pretty cool. But, Sean, thank you for the time today. This was an amazing conversation, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon, hopefully for a run. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me. It's been fun. I tell this to you. I tell this to Christina. I've like, I, we meet all these people for the first time, and it's like I've been in Milwaukee forever, and I'm just meeting Sean. It's uh, it's this is a great conversation. I wish I knew He's every restaurant. National success too. That was a great. That's that, very good. Co- I mean, very surprising. It's funny how we plan how we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about and uh, and what questions we're going to ask and they throw us the curveballs always and that was another good example of that was that just a sick break that we prepped for the show <laughs> i guess no i think yeah. i think it, 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 it was it was cool talking to sean and getting to know him but he brought up some really important things that i mean we're all we are all dealing with on our own parts of life right and that's where do i go next how do i keep pushing myself forward how do i how what is the next thing for me whether it's work career love life you you know what i mean like your next move uh, it, it could be anything and i think sean brought up a good point of just like he was vulnerable brought it up on the show and talked about it and and i think that was i I really appreciated that so sean thank you thank you it it means so much coming from people that are successful in what they do and have a lot to prove uh, because typically those are the ones that will try to make up a different story because that's the story that they're making up in their mind so it's nice to have people like sean what's so easy uh, to just many others that that talk openly about their failures yeah i'm sorry to cut you off but yeah exactly right it's so much easier to just say how are you doing uh it's, it's great you know we're, we're we're working through the pandemic it's not an ideal time for us right hopefully running will be back next year it's like we don't know and like i'm gonna be honest with you because that's like who i am and that's what i want to let everyone know and i think that's that's cool that kind of was brought up on our past few episodes especially with ben just about being more open with each other so that's i uh yeah. I think that was yep. that was super cool and you and, know talk and if I miss wait maybe can I say one thing can I say one thing on top of uh, that what are you going to say a lot of people a, a lot of men it's very common with men you ask most men how are you what's the answer I don't I think mine's usually like good. not bad good good yeah you're always like hey I'm doing and many many say hey I'm great you know living the dream many people say <laughs> As I like to say, dreams, um, as I like to say, nightmares are also dreams, right? So uh, it's important to just be honest. And one thing I've been doing lately is I've, I've been trying not to say good and actually answer very honestly. Additionally, as a word of advice to anybody out there, 
if somebody does not say good, don't try to, don't try to say, don't, don't try to change the conversation. You know, lean in, lean in. If somebody says, ah, been better, but I'm fine. Don't say, okay, okay, move on to the next question. Just ask, ask them. Super important, super important. These are the people that are calling out for help without not, without realizing, without realizing that they are. So that's our, that, that, that's my PSA. All right, so PSA, PSA, PSA. Speaking of guests, and it was great having Sean on. All of our guests are amazing. And it's really cool is Nia, the author who was on our show. What was that? Was that like September? About a month ago? A boy Ted? A boy Ted? Yeah, yeah, about a month and a half ago, I would say. Five I like, episodes, six episodes. I like call her Nia the author because I think that's her Instagram handle. And I'm all about Instagram names. But anyways, so Nia's book shipped out this week. And I have a copy right here in my hand. That looks so cool. It's so that cool. It came in the, so cool. the box. The box right? It came with, I got a box, a thank you card. There's a buff, which is cool. There's a bookmark. Um, the book, the book is amazing. And we talked about the illustrations. Um, beautiful, but the story's like the story's great. It's Nia's like it's Nia's story, and I it's 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 what's cool about it is like all the subtle things, like her shirt is like Black Girls Do Bike, like all the organizations that have helped her along this journey. You know, she was wearing the shirt of it in the book, so there's a lot of subtle things too that I thought were great. And I'm excited to have it on the shelf. Like the girls will have it. We'll read it. You know, books are cool because they're always here, right? It's not like a one and done thing. It's not like you like a social post and you'll never see it again. It sits on the shelf so you can grow with the book. And I think that's really cool. So if you guys aren't familiar with what we're talking about, Nia Obate, who is on our show, who's a triathlete here in Milwaukee, wrote a book called I'm a Triathlete. You can head over to, I believe it's NiaTheAuthor.com. NiaTheAuthor. NiaTheAuthor.com. That's yeah, correct. buy the book. Support local, support our fellow runners, and I think it's super cool. Um, anyways, Apostoli, do you have anything else as we end the show here? No, as just as always, ask people that if you see a post from us on social, or if you um, if any if you can talk to your friends about <laughs> us, we are always appreciated. Share the things that we write on social that always helps immensely okay. uh, to convince yeah yeah and, and I, leave us a five-star review that helps promote us or basically asking you to you know kind of get the algorithms thinking and saying oh this is this is cool stuff just listening to the podcast is not enough it so, is it, it, appreciate it. we well, no, really well, asking okay. for a lot now okay all right okay. um right. no shout out to mary richter uh she is like the first to like our post so we appreciate your love and support on facebook thank you thank you mary um, and many others i feel like i have other things to say but i don't so happy halloween happy halloween i only get to say that once a year so i'm going to use it up here at the end of the show you guys are amazing thanks for listening we hope you got a lot out of this like apostoli said smash that like button on facebook and instagram please send this to one person you think would enjoy the show and until next friday keep on running